This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Okay, so today is QA number six. Okay, first question How do I handle carnivore during the holidays? If this is your first holiday, welcome. <laughs> so, you will have to figure out what you're going to do.、Um, some people, they are a little bit more flexible and they may have some of the gravy that may have some flour and still have it on Thanksgiving with the turkey. You have to figure out what you can do mentally and What you want to partake in is just a community. You have to figure that out for yourself. For me, I was very strict in the beginning, and that helped me to get to four years and where I can be a little bit more flexible. Again, this will be really dependent on you. I would work on maybe figuring out for Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's Eve and those holidays,、uh, you know, what you normally celebrate and then how you're going to go about that day. So, What are you allowing yourself? What are you not allowing yourself? What are gray areas where it may be okay? And what are areas that you are just saying no? So, for my first two holidays, I didn't touch anything but meat. And、um, it allowed me to be successful in staying carnivore. And that just helped me to be stronger overall. So, figure out what works for you.、Um, if you're worried about what your family or friends will say, you can just say, Uh, right now, I'm doing an elimination diet for healing, and no one normally stops and questions someone that is doing something for healing. If you were saying, Oh, I eat meat for the rest of my life, and that's the only thing I eat, obviously, you will get a ton of questions. But usually, most people are so busy worrying about themselves and、uh, what's going on and what other people might be asking them that they're worried about that they don't really notice if you're not eating some veggies or fruits. So, You can say an elimination diet, but you can figure out what you want to do. And、um, there is no real rules. You just have to figure out what makes sense for you. But I say plan ahead and figure out what is allowed and what is not in your own world of things. Okay, next question What do I eat in a day? If you followed my work for a while,、um, I purposely don't share what I eat in a day only because I came from an eating disorder. I 
went through those uh, facilities where we do intensive care and we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and two snacks in that place. And there is a lot of comparison. There's a lot of looking at other people and saying, okay, are they going to eat the amount that we're supposed to? And so there's a lot of comparing and a lot of, well, if that person's not eating, then I'm not eating. And so I didn't want that to bleed into, well, if Judy looks that way, or if Judy's a nutritionist, then I should eat the way that Judy's eating. And I will look like her because it's just not the way it's going to be. And also as much as I show two meals or three meals or two meals plus a snack, I may eat something else, or I may not even eat all of it. And I just don't think it's doing a proper service to the people that are watching and wanting to just heal. And so I may share a meal on occasion, but I would never share all of my meals in that day. But I do share my kids meals so that you get a sense of what we eat in this family. If you really want to know what I eat, um, just, I guess, leave some comments and maybe I can make a what I recommend eating rather than it's for me. But in general, I eat one gram per pound of ideal weight for me. And then I started with about 80% fat, but I use digestive enzymes and all of those other things. But now I eat probably closer to 70% fat or 75% fat because that's just where I feel best. I've tried eating really lean proteins. Well, not even really lean, um, maybe just the New York strips without the fat areas, the, the outsides. And I would get hungry really fast. Um, I've tried eating chicken breast. It's I couldn't do it. I couldn't even eat one breast without um, some fat added. So it just doesn't work for me. Um, but in all honesty, I'm not as thin as I used to be when I was plant-based, but um, my mental health is good. My energy is good. And so if this is my trade-off that I can't wear a size zero, I'm totally fine with it. And just from my past history, I hope you understand. I'm very mindful for people with disordered eating and eating disorders. I struggled for way too long with one. And um, it was some of my darkest days. And I hope that I would never contribute to someone else's eating disorder. And that is just the only reason I don't share. So continuing with that, the third question is, does it make sense to add fat even if I'm overweight? And my answer is yes. Uh, there is a period in healing that we need to do when we start carnivore, we want to heal. So we want to make sure that our body and the cells within our body, and remember every single outer layer of cell of our cells is made up of fat. If you struggle with dry skin, or if your skin is not very plush, it might be that you don't have enough omega-3 fatty acids or enough fat for your skin and the outer layers of every single cell. You want to make sure that you're nourishing your body where your body's like, okay, I'm getting proper fuel and nutrient dense, rich foods that maybe I can let go of some of this weight. You need the body to be functioning at a optimal level so that then you can start displacing some of the toxins that may be storing in your fat. So maybe some of the heavy metals, some of the BPA, some of the estrogenic effects, you want a lot of those to be removed. And when your body is better fueled, it could start doing that. And when it can't properly detox, it's just going to store it in your fat. So yes, I do think that even if you are overweight, that you should not be starting this way of eating on a calorie deficit and eating just lean proteins. You're going to be hungry all the time. You're not going to regulate your blood sugar levels, and you're just going to feel miserable after you heal then you could start cutting, but you want to fuel the body properly. And then you could start cutting down weight. What you also can do is if you are up for it, you can nourish your body and refuel in a way that you are fueling the body while eating sufficient fat, and then have days of fasting, 
when you fast, you can then lose some of the weight then and also clean up the body. But when you eat, you need to make sure that you're eating enough so that then you don't damage your hormones and your thyroid. Everything is possible as long as you do it properly. Thank you for your lunchbox shares. I have a great recipe. Do you mind sharing? Okay. So for a carnivore tortilla, it's just two eggs and one teaspoon of sour cream. Whisk together and put it in a nonstick pan like as crepes. It's a great wrap for quesadillas or burritos. So again, it's just two eggs and one teaspoon of sour cream and whisk together. I will definitely try that. Thank you. I'm dealing with gout issues right now. Doctor is saying it's meat and seafood. Have you had any experience with this? Okay, so if you have insulin resistance, there's a higher risk that if you eat more purines uh, from meats and seafood, especially the red meats have more purines, I think in general, um, and so do seafoods, then you may want to start a little bit slower on a carnivore diet. It is not just the purines that cause gout. It's a number of reasons, but oftentimes it stems with metabolic disease and insulin resistance. So if you do struggle with gout and possibly insulin resistance before even starting carnivore, you may want to eat more of the chicken variety and go that route as you metabolically heal, lose some weight and that type of stuff. Then you may be able to eat just leisurely um, the foods you want. If you are eating a lot of liver and also fruit on a carnivore diet, those two combined are a risk for gout. Um, The fructose in fruits with the purines and liver has the highest concentration of purines, then that will also um, cause gout or risk yourself to get gout. So just something to be aware of those two together is just not an ideal effect and it can increase your levels of uric acid. Now, increased levels of uric acid does not mean that it will cause gout as uric acid is technically considered an antioxidant. So you just want to make sure that you are healing on this way of eating and that you're not eating a bunch of fruit or honey with your meats because that will increase your levels of uric acid. And if you have also metabolic disease with that, then the chances of gout become higher. So I've been sharing a lot of lunch samples of my kids um, during the week. I just share carnivore-ish lunch boxes just to one, keep me accountable and help me to change things up for my kids, but also to show people that it's possible, possible to feed nutrient-dense ways to children. And there are so many different examples I've shared over the years. And uh, we took a break during the pandemic, but now they're back to going to school for just a few days. But You can see all of them in my Facebook and Instagram stories. Sometimes I share them on my YouTube stories if I remember, but in general, they will be on my Instagram and Facebook stories. So make sure to check it out. But in one of my lunch boxes, I shared about spam. Spam is okay. It's highly processed. It's like one of the most processed deli meats. So I think on occasion it's okay, but in general, it's not probably ideal to have all the time, but I say it's a gray area food. Um, My kids eat it on occasion. I don't even really like it personally, but if you like it, have it once in a while, maybe once every few weeks, but I wouldn't have it every day or as a staple. Thoughts on uncured meat with celery powder. So for some people, celery powder bothers them and some people don't. So 
I would use the carnivore cures elimination and reintroduction protocol, where basically have the same types of foods and find a baseline. And then once you are ready to introduce the, the uncured meat with some celery powder, see if you notice any differences in your sensitivities. If you're getting a rash, if you're getting like a runny nose, if you feel kind of stuffy, those are the signs that it may be affecting you. For some people, the celery powder, which is kind of like a nitrate can affect them. But for some people, it's not a big deal. I think this is where it becomes really bio-individual. Can you explain why we should use magnesium topical spray for leg cramps? Yes. So magnesium actually gets absorbed better through the skin. So it goes straight into the bloodstream without having to be digested and absorbed through the gut. There are studies that show people that supplement magnesium and actually other nutrients as well, like vitamin D. But magnesium, it takes a lot longer for it to start showing uh, repletion or that it's um, higher levels in the blood for a while. It takes a while. So the best way to get magnesium immediately is through topical sprays. And I have a version that you can make on your own if you're sensitive to sulfurs, for example, I'll put that in the show notes, but magnesium at night, it's a calming nutrient. It can help you to rest. Some people get restless leg syndrome on a low carb diet. It can help with that as well. It can help with leg cramps. Some people just have deficiencies in magnesium and potassium, and they feel it more on a low carb diet because we are not retaining as much water and as much sodium. So you may just need a little bit more electrolytes in the process. You can use some of the magnesium topical spray Some people use like 10 sprays per leg. I normally recommend about three per leg and then rub it in and just let it absorb into the skin. If you feel a little bit of tingling, you could put lotion right after so that you don't feel the dryness on the skin. And then if you're really deficient in magnesium, you may want to use a spray and also supplement. The supplementation is about five times your body weight in, I think it's milligrams. So if you weigh a hundred pounds, you would be taking 500 milligrams of magnesium. Magnesium, again, is a little bit more calming. So you may want to take it in the afternoon and evening and then take the potassium, which is more energizing in the day and in the morning and in the afternoon. Taking uh, potassium for me has helped a lot with like heavy legs, with also um, with heart palpitations in the beginning. And it also may just be a need for sodium as well. So that's why I'm a big fan of Soleil water with a little bit of potassium um, supplemented with a little bit of magnesium spray as well. Some people seem to do better with hydrochloric acid, but I seem to get heartburn with HCL. So in general, betaine HCL, which is a supplement version of stomach acid or what helps to create stomach acid is beneficial for most people. But if you are on blood thinners, if you have H. pylori, there are certain conditions where you should not be taking betaine HCL. Um, If you have any of those things where maybe it can cause more erosion on the gut, you don't want to be taking it because it actually can exacerbate maybe any holes in the stomach and that type of stuff. So that's where um, I use a product. I recommend MegaGuard, which helps to support digestion, but it's not using betaine HCL. You need to heal the gut a little bit further and then All of those things like H. pylori started because of low stomach acid, but you may need to heal the gut first before you can even take betaine HCL. And that could be one of the reasons you may just not be ready to take HCL. You may have to do digestive enzymes with like the licorice. Um, I will again, put the mega guard in the show notes. I heard you talk about the carnivore cure program. I'm really excited. I was also part of the carnivore 75 hard challenge. When do you anticipate the carnivore cure program coming out? Uh, should be out mid 2022. 
uh, don't hold me to it. That is sort of the date that we are working towards, but um, there's a lot on my plate. And so sometimes there are days where I expect to work on it and then it just gets pushed to the side until other smaller fires are put out. But ideally it will be out by mid 2022. In the very beginning, it will be very few people. There will be a selection process to enter because I really just want to work with people that are really sick of being sick and ready to get healed and ready to go all in. And it's not just about weight loss because this is not going to be a weight loss program, but it will be a change your life program. Until then, you may want to try the Carnivore 75 Hard Free Program. Because I adopted Carnivore 75 Hard from Andy Frisella's 75 Hard, I will never, ever charge for the program. I just don't think it's right at all. So we made a free class program where you can go through the process of what is Carnivore 75 Hard. It has all the free resources, the community cookbook. I will put the link to the program and then you can also join the free Facebook group that there's about probably 5,000 people. I'm not really active on that page, but you can share your journey and your day-to-day wins so that then you can actually do a lot of healing. The Carnivore 75 Hard program is really powerful. There's someone that's been doing it for over two years. They are now working towards um, competing in a 5K. What is the best fat to use? So In Carnivore Cures Elimination Program, the first week allows only fat from bone marrow. And I need to clarify that in the book and it will be clarified in addition to, but you may want to just start with like bone marrow and not everyone can tolerate it because it's like 90% fat, but you don't want to use rendered fats initially when you're first starting, because for some people, especially if you have not been eating a high fat diet, the gallbladder may be in shock when you're eating so much fat. So for a lot of people, rendered fat, which just means cooked fat, so then it becomes a liquid, it just shoots through them. For some people, even the betaine HCL, the digestive enzymes, the lipase, all of those things do not help enough to get through consuming rendered fats. So in the beginning, if you are just starting, you may just want to eat like the meat on the fat, and then maybe you want to do a little bit of butter if you can even tolerate dairy, but you may not want to do the tallows, which is a rendered fat, um, bacon fat. If you can't do rendered fat, you may just want to pause a little bit until you get assimilated into eating a higher fat diet. And then you may want to just stick to the fat on the meats, getting the fattiest cuts of meat, and then also eating fat like bone marrow. As you heal, you may be able to tolerate some more rendered fats, and then you just slowly introduce the rendered fat. Maybe you only have one teaspoon at a meal and see how you can tolerate it. If you go to the bathroom right after and you have loose stools, then you may need to wait a little bit. Stick to the fattiest cuts of meat in the beginning and use some of the digestive supports, but I don't always recommend rendered fats in the very beginning. Hi, I recently removed my gallbladder. Would you recommend a supplement that might help me? I was told ox bile could, and could I even do the carnivore diet? So yes, you could totally do the carnivore diet. Um, I have many clients that don't have their gallbladder. I do recommend ox bile. You may need some digestive enzymes, but the whole nutrition with Judy gut healing kit is something I highly recommend for you. And I would take it slow. I would not add added fat right now because it may be a shock on your system. Your liver still produces bile. That's where we get the bile. It's just stored in the gallbladder. And without gallbladder, you just don't have excess. So you may just need to have the liver get used to producing more bile. So you want to take it slow in the show notes. I will put the link to the gut healing kit. Hi, Judy. I never see you really post lamb. Are you a fan of lamb? 
you know, growing up, I was a steak and potatoes kind of person. My parents just raised me to eat very, very safe American foods. And so I'm not used to eating lamb. Um, my husband and I went on a date and he loves lamb chops. And so we ordered a really nice plate of lamb chops and I couldn't get over the gamey flavor. And I know it's so crazy, but yeah, I just am not a fan of lamb. It just tastes too gamey for me. I would rather do organ meats than do, do lamb. It's so wild, but studying nutrition and looking into the nutrient profiles of lamb and beef, if I had a preference and I loved lamb, I would actually do lamb. Um, most lamb in the US is oftentimes grass fed and the quality of the meat can be better. It can also have a little bit more omega-3s. So it's almost arguable that lamb is a little bit better than beef, but I can't do lamb. So therefore I choose beef, but then I'll do salmon so that I can get the omega-3s. Now, if you just eat lamb, it will not be enough omega-3s. It just has more omega-3s than beef does. So I just want to clarify that if you eat just lamb, that doesn't mean that that's enough omega-3s. Okay, last question. Lots of keto bashing from ex-carnivores. What are your thoughts? I've addressed this in previous Q and A, so I'll link to those, but in general, you just have to find your own journey. I think if some people are really high ho for one diet and then they are going to another diet and then bashing the other, you just got to think of why they are doing it. It could just be their N equals one. It could be other reasons. You just don't know enough. And if the diet's working okay for you, I wouldn't really worry too much about the noise. The thing is, every diet has people that say it's not good, and you just have to find the right diet for you. There is no perfect diet, but a ketogenic diet is absolutely safe if done in the right way. I've given many levers to why things may break on a ketogenic diet. For example, if you're eating too much liver, which then inundates the liver, which may affect your thyroid. If you're under eating, if you're overly fasting, if you are not eating enough fat, all of these things can affect the diet's efficacy, especially a carnivore diet. You just need to make sure you're doing the right things and not just focused on weight loss as that can cause a lot of adverse effects within a few months of eating a carnivore diet. If your digestion is not improving on a carnivore diet, meaning you're having a lot of loose stools, it may be something even deeper within in terms of root cause. So you may have to dig a little deeper. So a lot of that noise, while it bothers me and frustrates me a lot, if you continue to follow my content and you check into my newsletter, I share studies that will help support you find other levers for healing, but it'll never be bashing a diet because for someone, some diet always will work. All right, guys, make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies. And I will talk to you in the next Q&A. Take care. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies 
with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.